my dad, um, Mr. Copeland to some, uh, dad to me, Pastor Copeland to others. And we are going to talk about relationships as it relates to race in America. And we've always talked about history and with the environment that we are in now. Uh, there are a lot of things going on as it relates to uh, race in America. And so, Dad, I'm so glad that you decided uh, to take up my invitation to talk with me today. Our listeners are um, from a variety of demographics. So, But what I wanted to first uh, say to you is... Thank you for joining me. And I know that we were talking just briefly before we got on the podcast about the difference now in 2020 versus years back uh, when my dad was growing up and um, here in the South. And so can you tell us, Dad, what what do you see compared to what you saw growing up as far as how blacks and whites relate in uh, America. Actually, uh, the black and white relationship had not changed uh, too much. Mm -hmm. Because even when I was young, you know, uh, I witnessed racism uh, even in the school when I first started school. Elementary school, mm -hmm. racism. We had books that were thrown in the trash can with no back, no back on. Mm. We had to learn from those books, and so even when I was going to school, you know, we had black people going to one school, white people going to another school, and uh, actually, ninety-five percent of blacks graduated, perhaps was on. Most of them at the college, uh, trade school, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, some uh, had business. Uh, so, and then it came along uh, segregation. I think that's one of the worst things could have happened to us in so many ways. Really? Because uh, the white folks changed the school system. So they didn't want black folks teaching their children. Mm. And so they took out some of the uh, some of the guidelines that perhaps black had before they came and changed their uh, the, the, the race. And so I've seen a lot of it happen in my days. Uh, even my father was working. He worked for the white man. And on a Friday paid him at the store. He could not go in front of the store, he had to go in the back of the store to get paid. And then uh, I seen white folk burn, burn crosses when I was young. And uh, I didn't quite understand, understand it, but we found out they was, uh, there was them who was, someone was business, business man, someone was lawyer. So the hood is like the KKK hood. KKK hood. That was the word, the KKK. Hmm. And what it was, and so you know they 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 own everything, control everything. 
so wasn't too much that you could do. But on the other hand, we had some good white folks. You know, uh, then after I got grown, and I decided to go to the city, and I got a job working with uh, white folks. Then I found out then that racism uh, was at the highest level I ever seen. And so I got a job working for Sid Roebuck and Company uh, in Kellogg, Mail Order. I worked there uh, for years. And I never seen so much racism in all days of my life. Mm. When I got there, we, they, we, we, uh, they had a black, white water fountain, black and white bathroom. And also, cafeteria, black folk could not eat out of that cafeteria. And then I experienced so much uh, uh, in working condition, such as doing the same work the white does. They were getting paid something like triple more than what we were getting paid. And we always were harassed like we weren't doing enough work. And But uh, we suffered and we took it until one day, we uh, had a strike. We closed down every one of Seal's stores in Atlanta, Stone Mountain, and surrounding area. Mm. And uh, we was out something like, I guess, almost four weeks or more. Wow. And then some of them went to jail mm -hmm. uh, for standing up for our right. And then uh, we had uh, the vice president of Jose Wade and others on the committee tried to negotiate with them and they don't want to negotiate. So the vice president of Sears Robot was on the committee. Okay. Right. He the one was uh, uh, the one that uh, we tried uh, the, uh, Jose Wade and others who worked on the committee from Sears tried to negotiate with them and look like we could never come to a conclusion. So y'all were negotiating to get equal pay? Equal pay. Equal access to everything. Okay. You know. Uh, and so, Holy William uh, walked out to me and said, when y'all get, get ready to negotiate, you can call us back. If not, we're going to continue to pick y'all until, until y'all going to do something. In the meantime, they sent the vice president, I mean the president of Sears, Chicago, a tower down. Hmm. And uh, so we got with him, they started negotiating with him. Finally, they came to a, a conclusion. We also had black manager, manager over us, somebody who never graduated high school, somebody who never, never got no further in the third or fourth grade, making something like sixty and seventy thousand dollars a year. So these were the white managers. They all of them were white, but no blacks. Okay. Not educated but not they're not educated at all. But making more than the educated black more employees. than the educated black if the black have had no position, but they didn't have no position. Wow. And so they said we got to straighten it out. So the vice president sent a man in. Uh the right told him, I'm sending you down there, straighten it out. So he came. Mm -hmm. 
And you know, you got on white folks, the mountain thing, they, you know, they bucking him. But they've been there so long. Mm -hmm. So he started bucking him. He said, now I'm telling you now. Now, y'all can do what I say. You know, you're going to walk, you're going to be out that door. They thought he was playing with them. So one day, thing got real quiet. Somebody said, guess what? You know what I'm saying? About eight or ten of them out that door. So the rest of them started shaking. They got, they so shaking, they were so shaking. And scared they didn't know what to do. So this was the president of Sears, Roebuck, and Company. Sent a man to straighten all of it out. Sent him to Atlanta. To straighten it out. To straighten out the unfair. The wages, everything. Okay. See how we were treated. We was abused by them. They just filed for nothing. So they sent a man down and straight said, look, I'm sending you down there to straighten the whole thing out. Okay. So he came down there. He started working on it. And me with managers and supervisors, all of them, told them what they wanted. And some of them kind of bucking. Mm-hmm. But they've been there so long, I think, you know, they couldn't be bucked. So the man told us, I'm telling you now, you know, y'all don't straighten it out. Don't get it straight. Uh, some of y'all going out the door. They thought the man was playing. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we didn't have no black manager. And all these, probably, I'd say about 20 managers or more at one place. Wow. And uh, so they started bringing folks in. They brought two or three guys from Greenville, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. They're very educated. Personnel manager. One was, uh, I forgot when, where they made him out of. And then they got a guy that was from him. Uh, they made him a manager. So we still then made some guys supervisor, a few black supervisors. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so things been happy going to turn around. In other words, the old white manager just fire you for nothing. Mm. You couldn't no longer do that. Mm -hmm. I was har I was har harassed. Mm -hmm. No, they didn't like me. Because mm -hmm. I was on, you know, on committee trying try to negotiate make things better for for us. Mm -hmm. So the man kind of attacked me when they called me and I said, I wasn't doing no work. I said, What do you mean I ain't done doing the same claim I made on white folks do? Now I'm going to write you up. I said, That's okay. You signed it. I said, You signed it. <laughs> I'm not signing nothing. So what I did, I went to personnel on it. I went to personnel on him. He's in uh, Bob Oak, that's not He said, don't worry about the COVID, I got you. He called the manager and told him to bring that paper down and tore it up. Mm. Yeah, tore it up in front of him. <laughs> so, they were trying to straighten the place out, which they did. They really did. So, they hired a lot of black managers, black, a lot of black supervisors. So, then they started paying us. Do you know some of us were $2 a Half, half an hour would pay an hour. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yeah. At that time, we were getting paid like every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we had a strike. They changed it to every week. Okay. And so I got my first check. I thought I was rich. <laughs> got more money <laughs> I ever had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it kind of got straightened out a whole lot. 
they found out the man wasn't playing that they sent down and spin it out. So as he spinning it out, they sent him he went on somewhere else. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he was sound like a trouble uh shooter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things that I experienced. Uh I know you had this white boy working with my nephew. He said, Cope, I got a question I want to ask you. He said, I've been looking, I've been looking, I've been looking. My granddad and my dad told us black folk had a tail. Mm-hmm. He said, I've been looking, I ain't seen no tail nowhere. He said, I kind of found out they lied to me. That's what he told me. He said, they lied to me. I found out y'all one night there. Mm-hmm. I said, really? He said, yeah. No, that's crazy. So you know what? That's crazy that you said that because when I was in college, I took this class. It was called Black and Whites in Communications. Mm-hmm. And the professor, when the, we first started the class, he had the black people sit on one side and the white people sit on one side as a part of an experiment. And we had to go up to the board to write down, the black people had to write down all the things that they thought or were taught about white people. Mm-hmm. And then the white people had to go on the, and write on the board everything that they were taught or they thought about black people. And one of the things that the white people wrote on the board was they thought, not everybody, but some of them thought that black people had a tail. Yeah, and that was the first time I was like oh my gosh I cannot believe that and that was like in the late 80s Yeah, and it was some other things that were written on the board as well from black people that they thought about white people mm-hmm. and, and so forth and the class was about 8 weeks and there was a lot of anger hurt, crying misconceptions and by misconceptions and stuff and so by the last week of class there was healing between the black and the white race because the bottom line is that most of the white people said that the things that they thought about black people they were taught from their parents or their grandparents uh regarding you know even that the about the tail issue and on the black side, a lot of things were from experiences that black people had and from what they had been told from their parents and grandparents. So it just amazes me how people can have a perception about people and it just they just hate another race yeah, for stupid that's reasons. That's it, for being just ignorant. Yeah, it's just crazy to well, me. Well, you know what? I face some same similarity. Mm-hmm. What you said about we had a meeting one day. Mm-hmm. And this was a real race of white man. He just gave us, wow. So they sent him over there to us. So one day he had a meeting. All the children turned this way. Mm-hmm. When he came in there, he turned back this way. Told everybody to turn the children around. Mm-hmm. So the black would be in the back. Wow. Yeah. So I, I faced some of the same similarity. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. Yeah. I'm not sure how ignorant they are. So it sounds like, you know, in comparison to what's going on now with... It's um, similarities. 
Similar, yeah, similarities how y'all strike and you yeah. protest. But you not just did the strike and protest, y'all had a strategy. We had a strategy. Of, okay, let's yeah. meet with who we need to meet with. Right. Let's have, have a strategy of, okay, this is how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Jose Williams came to help me, you guys were on this committee. He told us what to do. Mm-hmm. He said, now, the police going to come out and harass you. He said, what you do is just get on in the van and go to jail. I'm going to get you out. Mm-hmm. So really took down and put a hole in a hole and said that's all he did. Okay. So like, we can get us out. Okay. So we didn't have to stay overnight on something. Okay, so that was part so of the strategy. Was too, I think. Really? The CNS. So they were on strike. So mom, they were on strike the same time when she was no, with Citizen and Southern. They weren't the same time after that. So it the Jose Williams worked with Citizen yeah. and Southern is doing the same strategy. Yeah. It was you see, you had a lot of them out of town. Mm-hmm. together. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, when you, anytime you don't have folks to pull together, the link get weak. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that what happened to some of them people at CNS. Oh, compared yeah. to Sears and Robot. Right, right. But see, we come to Sears and Robot, we had that margin. But we come to Iran, and was, yeah, I'm sending y'all to jail. We just blow the van up. They, they, they didn't know what to say then. Okay. See? We started loading the van or so until they stopped. Oh. They, they stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They, they said, they just, they never get no kid. I'm not going to jail. They just load the van up. So the difference between, <laughs> the difference you think between what you saw or what mom talked about with, with Citizen and Southern Bank, a lot of the black people, they did they pull together like a lot of the black no, people? They did not pull together like the black folks. Wow. They didn't. And so they didn't really get what they should should have got. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the link got weak. Okay. You know, you know how folks kinda of threaten you to like you're gonna be fired and all this. Mm-hmm. They like did with me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get a union and see all them black folks with me. Ah oh, man, you don't get fired. I said, Nope. I know my rights. A man gave us a paper. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're right, what not your right. And so, I had from, told me, I don't get fired, and they didn't stand up. Guess who got fired first? They did. Mm-hmm. Joe did. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It was something else. Wow. Yeah, buddy. So, was this before Martin Luther King was assassinated, or oh, after? Way after, way after. Way after. So it said the struggle was still going on. Yeah, struggle was still going on. Even though mm-hmm. he was, you know, assassinated. assassinated but the struggle was still going on. Holy William, uh, he was determined. Mm-hmm. The example called sell, uh, uh, Holy William sold out. Now he didn't sell out, they sold out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you, you get weak on the line, don't want to pull together, then you want to you shift to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Blame somebody else for it, but we're not here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of those men, like Martin Luther King, uh, Jose Williams, Andrew Young, Jesse Jackson, C.T. Vivian, all of those, all of those men, it, it's so many to name. Even after Martin Luther King was assassinated, it, it's they still was fighting for for human rights. For human rights. 
And so the young people today that are protesting, totally different. what do you see? I think really, I see with the young people, they don't have no strategy. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to prepare. Mm -hmm. You got to prepare for stuff before you start doing it. What would happen if this happened? You got to have an outlet, I think. You know, because uh, you ain't got no outlet to know if something this happened. You know what I'm saying? What's, our, what's your you, plan? You, what's, your, what's your next plan is? Mm -hmm. you, you, know, you ain't got a plan. Uh, uh, the Bible said what? Uh, you got to have a plan for what you're going to do next. If you don't, you know, you, you, you're you going to start panicking. And so, we had a plan that we're going to shut down everyone to see a store. And we did. So do you see a lot more other people from other races uh, now versus then that are fighting now uh, that's protesting? Because we know we see a lot of other people who are not black people that's out there protesting too. Was it the we, same we see, way? We see more of a mixed race now mm -hmm. than we did when Dr. King was marched. Mm -hmm. Even though he had a lot of white folks, we see all all different nationality now, mm -hmm. and that what can make uh, demonstrators real strong and powerful if they unite together, you know, and, and don't be violent and stuff like that. They can accomplish uh, a greater goal mm -hmm. uh, in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they could be really, they could really be strong. Really, really be stronger. Mm. So. And I think that the white man tried to break it up by placing somebody in the margin to make them look bad. But they, 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 they are not gonna do like Dr. King did. Mm -hmm. They ain't gonna take what Dr. King took. But they, yet, they still, they're marching peaceful, though. So back then, as far as rioting, was there a lot of rioting with the protesters back then versus now? White folks. White people rioted. Yeah, white folks did. Not black people. No. But now, like you said, it seems and appears that they, certain other people are strategizing to protest but make it seem like black people are rioting. Black people doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I believe it in my heart that some of them plan. Mm -hmm. They plan them in there. Trying to make us look bad. So, what do you foresee now? What do you foresee now with everything that's going on? seen devastation mm -hmm. and it really kind of hard for me to say now I know some change going to be made but we cannot line up we can't line up we got to keep our foot to the pedal you know in order for and really I think the white folk is scared now because I think they know they're losing their power. Mm 
That's why they said black lives stimulated from. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is a great morning. This is Sue, the Relationship Builder, and thank you for joining the Relationship Builder podcast. It is 8 o'clock a.m. on a Saturday morning, and I was sleep sleeping so well, and I just turned over and looked out of my window, and I saw the sun coming right through the trees, and it was so amazing and the sun just sat there for a few moments and it just shined and I said it is a great day to wake up to see the sun it is a great day to wake up and see the sunshine shining on me and it made me instantly think of a song a old hymn country song. The shine, shine on me. Shine, shine on me. There's a light shining from the lighthouse. It's shining on me. And that just gave me a whole lot of symbolization there. And the shine is that God just woke me up this morning. He woke you up this morning. And no matter what is going on, the sun is shining, and that is something just to be grateful and thankful about. And I'm just excited about it, and I'm just grateful that I'm able to just lay here and just think and thank um, the Creator. And I'm so gracious that we can think and thank the universe for all of the great things that it brings us every day we wake up to see another day. And it's just amazing that we all still have the opportunity to wake up and see another day. To see the sun shining through the trees. To see the sun shining through all of the things that are going on. And if you are listening to this podcast episode, and it's going to be a quick small one compared to the others. No matter what you are feeling, no matter what thoughts are in your mind, just feel happy. Just feel fortunate. Just feel blessed that you are able to wake up and see the sun shining through the trees. That you have an opportunity to work on that thing that you've been thinking about starting. It's an opportunity to love on yourself one more time. It's an opportunity to even love on your family and your friends. And it's just a beautiful thing. What we think is what we will be. And so some people, and some of us, a lot of us, have been faced with trying to stay positive in a time where we hear so many challenging things. And some, 
negative things. But just know, I want you to remain encouraged. I want you to step out on faith. I want you to use this time to work on those things that you have been thinking about doing. And just do it. Take the first step. And when you take the first step to focus on those things that you feel that is purpose for you, then you will start the journey and it will be much easier for you just to go ahead and just take one step at a time. Just do it. Even if you do it just for a moment and then you may say, Oh, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing that no more. Not right now. And it's still okay. Because as long as you're able to wake up and see the sun shining through the trees, that means that the universe is shining on you. And for those that are believers, which I am a believer, I see it as a symbol that God is shining on all of us. Even in the midst of everything that is going on, the days have been beautiful. The sun has been beaming. The atmosphere has just been so peaceful. And this is an opportunity for all of us to sit still and know that God is God. A lot of us are worried about going back to work if we haven't. A lot of us are worried about going to work if we're forced to work. A lot of us have been uh, compromised by employment or the loss or the sickness of a loved one or friend. And so my thing is, even in the midst of any storm that you're going through, it's only temporary. It's only temporary. And through the storm, there's always sunshine that will come through. So even if it's raining and you feel like there's no way or nowhere I can get out of the storm, I tell you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that you will get out of the storm. And after the storm, you'll see the sun coming through the trees. And just know when the storm comes... The water is going to infiltrate and give you everything that you need. And then the sun will come through the trees. And then you'll look back and say, I made it through. I guarantee you, if you've made it through things in your life and you come through, I guarantee you'll come through again. So let the sun shine through your trees. And go and enjoy this beautiful day and just change your mindset and your thinking. Get to it. As Nike says, just do it. And just enjoy the sun that shines on you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. This is Sue, the Relationship Builder, and I am so excited of the great things that are getting ready to come your way. So sun, shine, just let it shine on you. Go and have a great day.